Ladies and gentlemen, Crystal Clear Industries, in association with Rhinestone Radio Podcasts, is proud to present Old Hollywood Realness. Brought to you in vibrant podcastoscope for your listening pleasure. Join your hosts Kathleen Null and Philip Estrada as they recap Hollywood's dazzling darlings one film at a time. And now, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the program. Hi, Philip. Hi. <laughs> How are you? Hi. I'm good. How are you, Kathleen? Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, well, do you do anything fun today? Um, let's see. Well, actually, today was my one-year anniversary at my job. Ooh. I know. Congratulations. It was actually pretty fabulous. I'm kind of rad. Happy. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Oh, good, for yeah. good for you. How about you? Um, not much. I had to go shopping for work. Oh. So I took off a little early and went to the mall, which was kind of depressing. But Yeah. It's funny because you... I'm sure for some people that sounds like, huh, work. That's a what well, else, you know. And it's you're all like... well and good. And yeah, it's all well and good until you're like, hey, you have to actually come back with stuff that we could use. And by the way, you have to walk like the entire length of the mall and you kind of want to kill yourself. I did have a funny moment, though, when I was in a specific store that was an anchor store. Huh. And we all know how anchor stores at the mall are kind of like dying a slow death. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was just in there and I was like, oh, God, this place is so out of touch. And then Ace of Bases, A Beautiful Life came on the radio. And ah, I was well. like, I I have to get out of here. <laughs> I, I have to I have to go now. It's like I could it, it's almost it was almost like a period on the end of that sentence wow. that I was thinking. <laughs> Couldn't wow. I it shuffled on out of there like an old person. Let's it underline it with the chorus. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. All right. Well, um so do you wanna get started? Sure. Cool. Hi guys. Hey. How's it going? Welcome to old Hollywood realness. Welcome. <laughs> this is the podcast dedicated to the glitz and glamour of Tinseltown's golden era. That's um, right. As we've said before, my name is Philip Estrada. And I'm Kathleen Nall. And um, we are bringing you the second installment of the Sexy Sailor Summer Series. Hey-o! Uh, and we're bringing it with the, with the movie Anchors a <laughs> Indeed we are. <laughs> um and then I just donned something special for the occasion. What? <laughs> I was so hoping you'd bring that out. Oh my god. That's oh. right. I was like, yes, you know what we need is a rhinestone encrusted sailor hat. Oh, oh goodness, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Ask and you shall receive. <laughs> Bring. Good thing I had this from when I went to my very first share concert a couple years oh, ago. Oh <laughs> man! Oh, you were just a, a baby share fan then. A, a babe in the woods of all of thirty three. And if you think about it, <laughs> look at all the sequins you've used for share concerts since then. In the I thousands, know. Philip. In the, in the at, at the very least. Yes, indeed. All right, so I'm rocking my dog bowl hat. Ready to go as a sailor, but encrusted in rhinestones mm -hmm. in perfect Hollywood style. Um, so why don't we just get started in this fantastic movie? All right. So we're 
We're talking about Anchors Away, um, 1945 from MGM. This lovely movie. Yeah. Stars Mr. Gene Kelly once again as a sailor. He plays Joseph Brady, a.k.a. Joe. And Frank Sinatra, once again, plays Clarence Doolittle, who is commonly referred to as Brooklyn sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's also Catherine Grayson, who is the love interest in this movie. And her she plays Susan Abbott, who also goes by Aunt Susie, which is kind of creepy. We'll get to that later. And also introducing a young man named Dean Stockwell for, um, as Donald Martin. And everyone may remember Dean Stockwell, because he was Al in Quantum Leap. That's right. <laughs> we got a little time travel action here. A little six degrees of separation. Mm-hmm. This movie also features Pamela Britton as the girl from Brooklyn. And also um, a band leader, orchestra pianist, Jose Iturbi, who plays himself. Um you know, his, anyway, we'll get to him. He's a yeah. odd dog. He's an odd yeah. character. Interesting. Um, this is directed by George Sidney, and the costumes were done by Irene, and she was credited as the costume supervisor. So I'm wondering what that... I'm not really sure why one is not referred to as a costume. Yeah. Designer. But anyway. Um, so Anchors Away was nominated for four Oscars. This was Best Picture, Best Actor for Gene Kelly, Best Cinematographer, Best Original Song, I Fall in Love Too Easily, and it won Best Musical Score that year. So, not too shabby. Um, this was actually the um, this was um, the first of four uh, movies that Kelly and Gene Kelly and what's his face Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra, yeah. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, first of three lied. First of, <laughs> let's just edit that out. This is the first of three Sinatra <laughs> Kelly pairing, and this movie was um, released four years prior to On the Town. Mm-hmm. So. Basically, I had I had hypothesized that um, that Dean Stockwell as the Al character quantum leaped into the third movie uh, into the third movie, which is on the town because (laughs) they needed and they he took Frank and Gene with him because they had to stop Jules Munchen from killing all those women. Well, well, I well, mean, success yes. they successfully thwarted that. So that that actually based, could work. They're like, hey, they, buddy, yeah, we're gonna yeah. just gonna go on shore leave with you. <laughs> Twenty four hours, we got that's this. That's why they're <laughs> and that's why their names were different. Because remember uh, when Scott Bakula used to quantum leap into stuff, he'd be these different that's people. That's true. So, yeah, it all works out. It all makes sense. So oh, that's that my... must have been so why they were so easy to placate his caveman fantasies. They're like, <laughs> keep him away from that club, boys. Uh, calm him down. Calm him down. <laughs> we got this. It's a stretch okay. but i felt like it worked but anyway um yeah when i realized who um dean stockwell was i was like you've got to be kidding me this is insane wow. he was such a cute kid in this he movie was a cute kid it was adorable and also yeah. i feel like they took um i feel like they put him through like child child acting classes at mgm because he played like the most stereotypical kid like he had that stereotypical kid voice and the stereotypical kid whining like it was like the most like cookie cutter child you like if you thought of what a child acted like and you were an alien that's what you would have come up with because it's so oh yeah well it's they had really their own funny. little school at mgm for kids and stuff so yeah that would have been probably part of the i mean i wonder if he was kind of put through the system as it oh were. i imagine like I mean, judy it, garland you know or yeah. one of them uh, like they kind of did that they like graduated from school like on site and did that at the same time 
Oh yeah, nineteen forty-five, the height of MGM. They would have had a mm-hmm. whole thing. That kid would have been living there. Um, yeah, I would be curious to know if he. I I want to do more digging into Dean Stockwell. See if he did anything else yeah. when he was that young, just to see what his career arc was, or if he took time off. Um, anyhow, um, but this is also the first movie that Gene Kelly actually was allowed to choreograph entirely by himself, which uh. is interesting. Interesting, but amazing. This is, finally, <laughs> I know, right? Um, this is also the uh, this is also the movie that has the iconic dance scene between um, Jerry the cartoon mouse and Gene Kelly. So that's mm-hmm. kind of like um, on the town was kind of known for New York, New York, the musical number. This movie is most notable for the Jerry the mouse and Gene Kelly dance number. Yeah, just. It's just kind of funny because it doesn't actually have anything to do with the storyline. It's like a story within a story. So it, it a, was. And yeah. um, and originally they had asked Disney mm-hmm. um, at the time. But um, considering like uh, they were everybody was literally balls deep in World War Two. And <laughs> um, and, and unfortunately, Disney had actually was uh, it, it almost going bankrupt. They had mm-hmm. yeah. they had to cr- produce all these like propaganda and World War Two. Um, uh, animated shorts and uh, cartoons for the government at out of their own pocket. Yeah. So they were just like, uh, yeah, look, no, we don't want to do any more navy shit right now. Yeah. We just we're we got we're we're tapped out. Uh, we're trying to make some you money. <laughs> so yeah, I'm sure in some ways they probably regret not doing this, but at the same time, like it was interesting yeah. to to read about that because um, it does make a lot of sense yeah. why they would have declined at the time. It was interesting to think that maybe they could have actually done Mickey Mouse at one point. That would have been really yeah. strange, but yeah. interesting because this was um, the only time that Jerry the mouse actually speaks in ever. So the of uh, the head yes. of our rare yeah. cartoons, he never actually spoke until, um, and it was only this one movie, which is strange. Um, yeah, it is. It was strange to hear him talk because yeah. I'm so used to Tom and Jerry where he's, he's silent. They're both silent. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is also, it was funny when I was researching this movie, I found conflicting reports as to whether or not Frank Sinatra and Gene Kelly got along, which is really strange. Cause, huh. um, according to like, um, according to the IMDB trivia section, which is, I don't know how reliable that is. Um, they said that the le- le- I'm quoting legend has it that the film saw the birth of the longstanding resentment between Sinatra and Kelly as Sinatra took umbrage at the way that Kelly dominated so many of the numbers together. At this point, Sinatra hmm. had failed to make much of a mark as a film actor and saw this as his big break, something that was ultimately denied by Kelly's dynamic performance and also his yeah. um, Oscar nomination. Although the two would go on to make two more films together, Sinatra never forgot being upstaged on Anchors Away, and he would get his revenge many years later when he denied Kelly a role in um, Robin in the Seven Hoods. But that was like a ni- that oh. was in '64, so I don't. But then also I yeah. saw on um, an article written for TCM that they said that the seamless team chemistry of Sinatra and Kelly proved so sensational that the duo would be paired um, in two subsequent. Um, movies mgm releases which again ball game and on the town um their real camaraderie their real camaraderie paralleled their real lifetime friendship um and enthusiasm evident that every frame they shared together for sinatra a devout movie buff co-starring with mgm was a dream come true that was according to the tcm article so i don't actually know i can't i couldn't really glean whether or not they got along or if they did get along or they they hated each other i don't know but from well, they certainly seem they great did, in this movie. Yeah. In fact, I I really liked. Um, I I feel like in some ways, 
I don't know. The energy of Frank Sinatra is definitely different in this movie, even though it's a mere four or five years earlier yeah. than on the town. Um, you know, he's he seems more genuine and like he's really into it and he's trying really hard. And it it that endearingness definitely comes across. Like now I get it. I in a way, and it says like watching this movie, I get why people think or people thought he was so attractive because there's definitely moments in this movie where I'm just like, Oh, you got yeah. it. Like you are, you are a movie star. And, um, and I thought his character of him being sort of, you know, the more sort of not, not straight up nerdy the way he is in on the town where he's just a bit more introvert. Right. Yeah. He's like, like, you know, introvert and more shy. And green. I thought, yeah. He was more of green. Yeah, when it comes green. To I thought he did it wonderfully. I thought, I thought it was, beautiful how he this did it movie, i thought he did a great this job this movie does a much better job at really kind of high like featuring him as a singer because on the town yes. he had it's all duets that he did and in the town and yeah. this one he has like three i think three solos where he literally just sings and they're really good songs like he's a really great singer like you forget how really like when he was singer. younger how like just how silvery his voice was oh fantastic yeah, yeah. For sure. I mean, so. And he, I thought he was super in this movie. I thought he was really cute. And I, and him and, um, uh, that would be a, that's a hard pill for me to swallow in a sense of like, of them hating yeah. each other making this film because even their tap dancing together, like, I mean, that was some complicated stuff that Frank Sinatra had to keep up mm -hmm. with and, and Kelly had to like choreograph that with. I, that would just, yeah, I would see, I think that'd be quite difficult yeah. to do. Because the energy comes across great, and I'm sure this this just must have been the most perfect getaway movie for at the time when it came yeah. out. Yeah, I mean, this is just a, sort of the answer to everyone's just wanting something hopeful and fun and glamorous to see. It's just it's wonder. It, it, I can see where this would have just been. Yeah, a joy. and I was reading that this movie was literally made just as a morale booster for the Navy where they, it was almost like a love letter to the Navy just being like, you guys are doing great. Like, keep it up boys. You know? Oh yeah. So. I, I, it really is. I mean, that the, does paint them in such a positive and magical light. It's just, it's adorable. It's really, really adorable. It's, yeah. Um, all the, all the, I mean, had you, have you seen this movie prior to when, just when we decided to podcast it? I honestly, I, I must have seen it or at, at a time when I was younger, but I really don't remember it. Nothing like on the right. town. I don't think it really like held my attention or, uh, you know, I, I can watch it now as an adult and really like it, but I don't think it ever really engaged me right. as a kid. Um, but it's it's a great mm -hmm. movie. I mean, yeah, but this is sort of my first time really watching it throughout and um, and Review, yeah, and yeah. reviewing. This is actually this yeah. is my first time as well. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. it's funny just to think that it was because it's there's so many parallels between this and On the Town yes. that I almost like I almost thought that this was the only thing I ever knew about this movie was the Jerry um the Jerry the Mouse sequence mm -hmm. and like, I think that's probably because that was in like either that's entertainment or that's dancing those like montage movies yeah. that they put out in the, like the seventies. So I'm not, I wasn't actually familiar with this movie at all. So I'm happy to watch it now. Yeah. That's it's really fun. Yeah. It's really um, great. And it, it doesn't, it definitely has a different tone than on the town. Mm -hmm. Like on the town has like a much kind of like fran more frantic, fast pacedness to it. Yeah. Whereas this one, cause it takes, this one takes place over a four day period. Whereas on the town took place on a one day period. So yes. everything felt more, I don't know. 
I don't the stakes seemed higher on on the town if that yeah. makes sense. No, there's definitely on the town is a bit more it's it's actually kind of just pure fantasy. It's it it's is, very fantasy yeah. where this is um it, this definitely has I, I would say realness, uh, uh, you know, kind well. of, kind of keep, keeping <laughs> it, gonna. keeping it weighted down, but it, in a good way. Like it, I yeah. mean, uh, these things are sort of, um, it, it's, it's fantasy too, but it, th- yeah, you can definitely tell the tone is a bit more serious and very endearing, very, very endearing yeah. in a sense of like, it's, they don't want to leave anything open ended. You know, yeah. you get the idea people do get married in the end or yeah, or they're trying they're, alert. or they're pledging <laughs> each other to, to themselves. Yeah, which it's interesting. You know, it's something it's interesting because like I honestly feel like the the storyline in on the town was much more believable because that sort of shit yes. happens yeah. all the time in New York. You go out, you get loaded, you end up meeting somebody random and yeah. you just stay or, you know, you just hang out till the sun comes up. Whereas this felt a little bit more forced because they're just like people are falling in love, like legitimately falling in love, like yeah. according to the story. And like like you're saying pledging themselves it's feel it felt a little bit more like oh okay i know what you're doing here it didn't it felt like a movie as opposed to something i don't know there's just something different about on the town versus this one so right well i think moral this of is, story is though yeah apples and oranges well, there's a lot of parallels but this movie is completely different well i think this was also at a time you know if it was still during the war where people were sort of pledging themselves knowing that they may never see tomorrow like these guys may right, ship out yeah. and be dead so i I think in some way, and, and uh, I, this has been highlighted time and time again, it was easy to want to get married or get, or pledge yourself to somebody in that way, um, knowing yeah. that tomorrow may never come, at least for them, for that person. And so it's like they can at least go or, or go off to war with a person in their heart that those like they're thinking of them and caring about them yeah you know and i think there, there was a lot of that and a lot of that feeling and that that definitely did sort of trickle on and carry on and created the baby boom yeah, <laughs> let's face true. it that's true i mean um, uh keeping that in mind yeah they, i definitely... think those two boys literally created the baby boom look how fucking cute they are <laughs> like i mean what what woman would not want to watch this movie and be like uh yeah i'm gonna marry you and have give you babies yeah <laughs> sure sure i'll bo- i'll let you bone me i mean they're serving the armed services they come home they're having a good time they're incredibly good with children jesus christ and then they want to just marry you and and pledge their heart to you like hello they're selling the fantasy yeah Yeah. it's like total fantasy yep total Um, fantasy so why don't we just jump right into this we're given plenty Mm -hmm. of context so um the movie uh, um the movie is like we were saying is a naval movie so it's Mm -hmm. all about um Uncle Sam's armed forces and yep. the film opens up with a giant marching band um, information number um, and they play anchors away and it turns out that they're on it basically like there's all this like kind of like faux Busby Berkeley style like marching and yes. um, very impressive like formation which, it's yeah. not a lot of moving around but there's a lot of like sort of like marching bands in place they do like an anchor thing and then yeah. they do like a quick thing where it builds out it turns out the Navy they do some really great camera work too and yeah. then when they pan out it turns out that they're on the deck of the ship and Jose Aturbi is um is leading the band for some reason. They never yeah. really established why, but <laughs> And it's know. funny you mentioned Busby Berkeley because he before he did the movies, like he actually choreographed marches in World yeah. War One. Like that mm-hmm. was his jam. So yeah. it, it is kind of impressive. Like they make an anchor, 
they make the word navy it's impressive (laughs) but also there's wonderful like sweet like tracking shots like through the rows oh yeah kind of make these beautiful it's really beautifully shot it's very busby berkeley yeah the lines of yeah it's pretty cool but yeah, you, you used to mention Jose Turby, which I did not, I don't really know a lot about this guy or why he was picked. Did you find uh, yeah, out Yeah, I was Googling or around like, and being okay. like, okay, well, what was his deal? And apparently he was just like a piano prodigy from huh. a very young age who ended up doing like a lot of concert circuits. And then he eventually got like doing nightclubs and stuff. And then he was featured in many films and TV shows of the time, but it wasn't like he was like a composer cause he was doing classical stuff and he was, wasn't doing, he was doing his own, he wasn't doing his own music. Yeah. So it was just an interesting thing. I almost like I was wa- trying to figure out like putting my mindset, my thinking about like why him and then i was like well i guess maybe he was sort of like a like a liberace before liberace yeah you know I could see where that. it's just like chamber music and like orchestras and stuff and he just kind of was just happened to be there but i mean yeah. it's funny because he's sort of like been lost to the ages where someone like xavier cougat or like cab calloway or all those like made big band leaders like um jimmy dorsey mm-hmm. all those you know everyone who does kind of like their own music, like um, they've kind of been able to like continue on their legacy. Whereas I feel like Jose Aturbi just sort of like, kind of, I feel like I haven't never heard of him. So it was just yeah. an interesting, it was almost an interesting thing to be like, Oh, who is this guy? And why is this guy? Yeah. So, and I mean, I mean, he seemed amazing. And by the way, I mean, I mean sidetrack, his suits looked amazing. Oh like classic 1940s double breasted yes. with the little pocket square I mean, and like his crimson little necktie and its hair looked like it was just fabulous. Like again, just fabulous, fabulous mid forties. Everybody he was serving looks amazing. It up. He was looking <laughs> real crisp and I was like really jealous of everything. He yeah. Was and he and was not a model was... by any means. No. He was like a short, shorter normal looking guy but they had him done out that was and his piano work though whoa like was ridiculous like yeah i mean that whole there's a scene later on where at the hollywood bowl where he's quote unquote rehearsing us um rehearsing for oh my god with like (gasps) 25 pianos with all these children playing this huge long concerto piece or something it's bananas and it's really impressive like i'd fucking go watch that i don't know like i was watching that earlier before we started recording and I was just like it kind of gave me goosebumps I was like I would fucking watch something like that it was so cool yeah it was really impressive yeah but uh but yeah oh so sorry um so yes uh their Jose Aturbi is um you know helping them rehearse their marching band and then we find out that our two leads um Joe and Clarence um are getting um awards they're going to be getting silver stars (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. Silver stars? Okay. Yeah. This is a silver star. And uh, um, they're getting it because um, uh, uh, Joe saved Clarence's life when he fell overboard. And mm-hmm. uh, so they're both getting, I'm kind of not really sure why they're both getting awarded the medal. Do you remember? Why? It was something like they maintain their post during like okay. a, during a battle. And then in the, in like the, in the melee or something, Clarence fell overboard and Jean, um, Joe, Jean Kelly, like basically saved Frank Sinatra's life. And then it was, ba- I think they both got it because they, the, he wouldn't have fallen off overboard if he wasn't maintaining his post and all this stuff. So oh, they okay. were getting, so they got, they got the medal and then they also got shore leave. So it was like, oh, kind of okay. like a double whammy as to why they got to go. 
Okay. Yeah, well, we get a gorgeous sweeping shot of like guys in flawless, flawless I mean, military uniform. Yeah. Of really just nice. every rank and like in those just classic like World War II, like the dress, like Sailor Blues, like Cracker Jack mm-hmm. stuff. Oh, totally Crack Cracker Jack. Looking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh and then they then they shoot to so they switch to so that but then they're all like released and stuff to go on to their shore leave and that's when they go down below and um Clarence and Frank Sinatra perform Clarence and Frank Sinatra so Frank and Jean perform the song <laughs> uh, We Hate to Leave which is basically just like they're rubbing it in being like see you later boys we gotta go say we gotta go oh hang out God, with the ladies it's so great <laughs> it's really good um, so there and there there's all these wonderful shots of them like opening up the lockers showing like all the cheesecake pinup shots and stuff and they're just oh like, they're just rubbing it in oh, everyone's face so they're good. like we're getting late we're getting <laughs> late actually they're saying we're going to leave but that's all I'm thinking so like forget so laid fuck it's, you fuck you fuck you we're getting out of here eight months for getting laid i mean needless to say everyone on the ship is none too happy they're just like fuck these dudes i like, think they want to slowly kill them yeah, by the end of the like i will drown you and you're uh, in the toilet when you're not looking um yeah so they um so they end up getting off the boat and they go to this um which I, it took me a little while to understand what was happening but i guess at the time if you were in the military you would know what was happening so uh, I eventually decoded it. They end up going to <laughs> off the ship into like a holding area. And yeah. Then it, while they're in this holding area, um, uh, when they're in this holding area, Joe ends up calling his lady love, who's who lives in Hollywood, Lola, and uh, <laughs> Lola apparently is the gal with the gams, <laughs> and uh, so he's just like whispering into this like wall phone, which is so good. <laughs> it's like these close-up shots of his lips, and he's just he, he's like, yeah, like, oh my god, he's basically me, like, to me. it's just so good. He's like, hey baby, I just wanna go. You're like, um, should we be seeing this? So inappropriate, <laughs> but so funny. Just like, and it's funny because then they pan out, and all these dudes are like hanging on him, like watching him, watching his game. You know, so good, <laughs> so funny. Um, yeah, and then uh, what was it? So yeah, and then Clarence is the next one in line. So they're like, Clarence, call your lady, call you. They're all like hooting, oh, yeah. hollering, and then he's all like. Hey, baby, how you doing? And then there's this, like, cut to the other side. And she's all like, at the sound of the tone, the time will be three past four. Bing! <laughs> so good. He's like, okay, love you too, bye! <laughs> so funny. <laughs> and which is, of course, when they establish that our friend Frank Sinatra is not, not too good with the ladies. Which yeah. is so funny to see. Like, it really, is pretty funny. You're like, you're like, uh-huh, sure. You don't know your way around a woman. I'm sure. Yeah, the irony in this whole yes. thing is just dripping at I this mean, point. You know, everyone outside was just like, uh huh. Yeah, <laughs> but adding to the humor, yeah, you know, this much. is a pretty smart movie for you know MGM and all that, and yeah. for the times. But yeah, uh, it was pretty funny, and then. Um, that's when we cut to uh, we see um, a little kid who just sort of is walking around in his bathrobe and a sailor hat, <laughs> and uh, and he passes by a poster about joining the navy, and a cop comes up to me. He's like, uh, "Hey, kid, uh, what you doing?" Oh, sorry. Before that, we know the boys skirt off to Hollywood. So right. it's like, yeah, it's we're kind in of Hollywood. Like a, cut to Hollywood. Thing yeah, too. yeah. Like the bu- kids, yeah. the boys are on the bus, and then they kind of cut to this kid too doing his yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, 
And the kid, and the, the, he's like, yeah, I'm just gonna go off and join the navy. And you clearly know it's like late at night. Yeah. The cops like, uh, yeah, no, no, you're not. I'm just gonna take you to the station, and uh, this is not gonna happen. And uh, um, and then that's and when meanwhile, they, yes, yeah, and that's when they cut back to the guys getting off the bus, right? At Hollywood, right, in right. Hollywood, and then um. Uh, Joe's walking down the street, like just like heading off to go, you know, sm- to go meet up with his Lola lady, and uh, Clarence is like, like watching him, like constantly, like hiding but following him at the same time. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then Clarence <laughs> is just like, and then Clarence like books it because he real or not. Uh, sorry, <laughs> uh, but Gene Kelly just like re- kind of realizes that he's following, so he like <laughs> runs around a corner, and of course, um, Frank Sinatra like runs after him, and he's like, "What the hell?" He's like, "Seriously, what the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> and that's, hey, stalker, get away from me! <laughs> and that's when Frank Sinatra's like, "I'm no good with the ladies," and I was hoping you could teach me how to be a wolf <laughs> like you, and which is. Uh, it was just so funny. <laughs> and, of course, and that's when we find out Gene Kelly is known as the Sea Wolf. The Sea Wolf. He's the Sea Wolf <laughs> of the Navy. <laughs> so funny. But um, this also has a really funny scene because he's like doing the whole thing where he's like, well, you know, let's see what we can do with you. Like kind of trying to like yeah, do yeah. him, like give him the cliff notes. And he's like, fix your hat. <laughs> like, let me see how, let me see your game. And he does that thing where he's like, okay, I'm a lady. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I want to see so you good. try to pick me up, and he does this <laughs> that walk, though, that that like lady walk where he's got the hand. It's a down. little too good. It's a little <laughs> so too good. good. And then he's like, he's like, he does it once, and then it doesn't work out, so he has to do it again. And that's when that other that like guy walks by and like gives him that look, where, <laughs> where it's just like, oh, I've heard things about the navy. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, look, I got enough problems. Get out of my way. <laughs> so funny though. <laughs> the reluctant like the reluctant drag queen <laughs> oh okay. so funny that was great uh and that's and that's when they end up uh the cop this the same cop that picked up the kid comes by and he's like hey uh sailors uh, i need your help come off to the station and uh they end up going to the police station and that's when they meet the the little kid and the kid's like super dazzled by the. He's like, "Oh my god, holy crap, sailors!" I mean, this kid's like got a major crush on the entire naval for the, the entire navy, yeah. where he's just like, "I want to be a sailor, I want to be a sailor," and I'm just like, "Let's just say he's a strong exit plan yes. out of his house <laughs> at an early age." Strong. He's like, "I'm six years old. Is that old enough to join the navy?" <laughs> You're like, uh, no. Oh yeah, so that's when so because he doesn't want to talk to the cops because he knows that they'll take oh, him home that's and right. all that yeah. stuff. So the cops are like, "Well, let's just find some sailors. Maybe you'll talk to a sailor." And that's when um, Joe they Joe shows up and totally just like immediately gets the information out of him where he lives and his name and all that stuff. So yeah, um, and he basically he has to explain to the kid that you can't be six years old in the navy. <laughs> and then the kid's like getting all bummed. He's like, "But you could get your parents to sign, you know, to write a yeah, to write a letter." Exactly. <laughs> That's he's what- like, "I've heard things." <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the kid pulls the whole like, "Well, my parents are dead." Don't you feel yeah. like an asshole? <laughs> well, that one, that was harsh. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that kid's like a, he was learning the rubs fast. Or he's just like, oh, if I say my parents are dead, I get anything I want. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So that that's when he's like, oh, well, I can get my aunt Susie to do it. So, um, yeah. So they want to. So 
Joe and Clarence are, you know, they have to go with the kid to his house so that they can um, they can insist that Susie let him join the Navy, which is a yeah. convoluted plan. They basically, the guys just get roped into a lot of stuff in this entire movie. There's a lot of roping in on these guys. There's a lot of roping in. <laughs> and they get dragged. I mean, if you think about it, like, how, of course, all Hollywood magic. They The kid ends up, like, escorting them back to his house. <laughs> And he doesn't even have a lock to get in, but he knows how to break in. So they end up there and uh, <laughs> and uh, playing with the kid for a while, and and uh, and then of course they're getting super judgy because they're like, "Oh, where is this aunt?" Because you know they keep hearing about Aunt Susie, and I guess they're assuming she's like some old grandma. <laughs> it's like you know, instantly, ironically, you know, uh, the sea wolf is getting super judgy about Aunt Susie <laughs> being out late, totally. wondering where she could fucking possibly be. Meanwhile, she's dressed all lovely. I mean, and she's an extra uh, watching Jose Iturbi direct a opera. Yes. And she's like in, um, I guess it's probably some sort of live recording in studio where, you know, and, you know, I don't know how they would use that even if that was even a movie, but she was an extra in that. And they're yeah, all well dressed. It looked like it was an, o- they were filming an opera that needed like to have like an audience in it. So I guess whenever they, you know, I don't know how that works, but. Um, yeah, it was like a tracking shot over the audience where they were just filming an opera and she looks amazing in that little fur capelet and she's wearing yeah. like a full evening wear. Oh my God. Like, it looks amazing. And she got to wear amazing. that home, which I was like, did yes. that come from wardrobe? Because I don't think you're supposed to take it home. <laughs> well, I don't know if it was one of those things. It's like as an extra, you have to provide your own stuff or maybe. how that works or she had to return it. Maybe she had to return it the next day. Yeah, oh, that I, works. I would have kept that. <laughs> In my mind. I don't know because I loved how like at the end too, like they're done filming and she's sort of trying to get Jose Aturby's attention, but that doesn't work. And, you know, you can tell she's so dazzled and then she ends up going home and she's totally like carpooling in this old model T with a whole bunch of other well-dressed ladies of all different ages. Yeah. And I was just like, what is this? Is this like, it's like a bunch of extras, I guess. And maybe if it was like wartime with war rationing with the gas and yeah. stuff, like, did they all like carpool there? All like, cause they were, uh, it was just like, oh, there's a whole, like her with like eight other, or, like six other women in there. Yeah, you it was know? pretty great. Like, I oh, loved amazingly it. dressed. And they were like, bye, dear. <laughs> <laughs> bye, hun. See you next week. <laughs> it was so cool. It was awesome. Um, loved it. Yeah, so they, um, right, so they're, um, she walks in, and they're there, and she's just like, I'm sorry, who are you? <laughs> yeah, but I I loved her fur capelet, oh like, I loved that, what she was wearing, and her updo was so cool, yes. and her long white dress, so but she, yeah, yeah. I, um, Aunt Susie was bringing the looks in this movie. She was the workhorse when it comes to fashion in this film. She, she had the most costume changes, and she was dressed for it. And so cute. So cute. Like, looked so good. Yeah. So they explain the situation. They, of course, give her a lot of judgment because they're just like, where the world are you? <laughs> and <laughs> she was like, well, I was trying to make some monties to pay for this little kid yeah. that got gifted yeah, to me. Yeah, thanks a lot, Judge Judy. I've got to, I've got to work. <laughs> yeah. And, and then they, of course, uh, Donald ropes the sailors into tucking him into bed, which got a little creepy, but where he's just like, I want the sailors to put me in bed. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> easy now, champ. <laughs> But it was an excuse for Frank Sinatra to sing of another lullaby. Course, yes. And that was pretty cool. I mean, it was... Really or uh, just another song, yeah. sorry. But it happened to be a lullaby. 
Mm-hmm. Which, of course, was, which was, you know, put everybody to sleep, they, um, including yeah. Joe. <laughs> Joe goes to sleep in the background. Yeah. <laughs> They've all probably been up since 4 a.m. Yeah. anyway. It kind of makes sense. I think the whole, like, it's so funny. There's so many, like, uh, kind of, like, themes to this movie. One is yeah. that they're all super tired. And two, yes. that they're getting roped into stuff that they don't want to do. And Gene Kelly is pretty much just putting up with Frank Sinatra. The whole movie, he just yes. was like, we're really put upon. So <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. Um, right. So then. But ironically, I really loved Frank Sinatra in this role. Yeah. I actually liked him in this, like being more kind of humble and like, ah, oh, gee. And like, I liked him being more of that than like when he's like, hey, one take, bada bing. <laughs> you know? They I'm don't like, call me yeah, one take Sinatra for nothing. Boom. It doesn't work. Yeah. Like, you can tell this was before he was one take Sinatra. And I'm, I'm okay with that. I like it, you know? Um, so right. So after the lullaby scene, the, um, the guys basically just peace out. See you later, Aunt Susie. And, um, and then of course, Clarence is immediately in love with Aunt Susie because he's green and wet behind the ears and falls in love with every single woman he meets. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. And then they head to the diner where Joe has to make a date for, with Lola for the next day because it's already like god knows like two o'clock in the morning or something at that point and so yeah. they're gonna meet at noon the next day and they end up at a boarding house for the servicemen and then they perform this move this number called i begged her <laughs> and i'm gonna go ahead and ask you how you feel about that number <laughs> uh you know different times <laughs> i guess i'll say that oh okay yeah. I kind of let you walk. Down. I felt a little bit like I don't feel right about this one. <laughs> I don't. No. Yeah. I mean, uh, no. Uh, no. Yeah. Um, but it was cute that they made um they made uh, Frank Sinatra's character the the wolf in this one and then that he that Gene Kelly was begging his lady for a kiss and then Frank Sinatra yeah. his lady was begging him for a kiss. So I was like, "Okay, that's cute. He's at least, you know, trying to build him up around the guys you know locker room talk and all that shit <laughs> it was just like another excuse for them to kind of bro out yeah and it was interesting they're like staying at one of those um like a place that had been converted for a serviceman to stay yeah. at while they were on leave like a vfw um, hall or something like a v- exactly yeah yeah um, and it was funny because, like, they stay and then um, you see them, like, wake up the next, like, it's the next day and uh, Frank Sinatra is up and he's, you know, sitting in a rocking chair like a grandma singing <laughs> lullabies to, <laughs> to Gene Kelly, who is sleeping like he's never slept before in, like, a weird ball. Sleep, and we get like to a see six- a lovely shot of his thighs I mean, and his boxers. He's sleeping it's, like it's, a six-year-old child, right? Yeah. <laughs> Literally just, yeah. like, conked it's out. Great. But... Man. He's conked out. Yeah. <laughs> that man could sleep when I. I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> but he could sleep in my bed any day. Mm hmm. Um, where were we? Yeah. Where were we? Uh, uh, well. <laughs> Well, no, I was just thinking at this point, like, because this is when he finally, like, he wakes up and he realizes he's late and he's going to miss Lola because he, he, this whole time, like, with the whole Susie thing, he's had to, like, postpone the Lola yeah. situation. So, 
you know, he finally calls one more time and it's like not happening. So he gets really mad and he's chasing Clarence around in this empty hall with all these bunk beds. And then all of a sudden (laughs) these doors open and like eight nurses walk in and they're like, oh, hello. (laughs) And the way that they look at him, they're like, oh, hello, boys. We're here to help you. You're so sweet. Yeah, like we're dried up old crows. Well, we're gonna we're gonna ogle Gene Kelly. Uh-hoo! And you know what? Actually, he looked really fucking cute in those boxers running around. I know. I'm sorry, I thought he was in boxers, I a t-shirt, and was mesmerized. Just a hat. That's all he's. Yeah, and it's like, and his his shirt is like tucked into his boxers, and his boxers are high. But you know what? He looks fucking fabulous. Looks good. He looks so good. I mean, and uh, I kept looking for something, couldn't see a damn thing. So it's like not even but like his a, thighs look so not good. E- not a glimpse. Not a ball slip. Not, not a, a, not a, <laughs> not a t- nothing. tip slip. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Okay. Not a cheek. I was not at nothing. I mean, there was some really clever, clever editing going on with their yeah. Hollywood magic. But uh, but he looked good. good. And then. <laughs> And, uh, but yeah, and then, so then after that, he, he, I guess, eventually decides to go back to Susie's house with Frank Sinatra and with Clarence yeah, and, uh, with a bunch of toys and, and, food um, and stuff too. Right. And yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like all prepping for a date. She's, yeah. she's like, Oh, I'm, you know, gonna hang out with some dude or something, which you're like, okay. And, uh, but first she answers the door looking like Snow White know, <laughs> in yeah. her little peasant top and red dress. Like, it, it was like a Snow White, but just a slightly different color blocking. No, she it even was has really like weird. the Snow White face. It's so like, yeah, like I know. She totally has Snow White face. And like yeah. little, little cupy bow lips and everything. She's adorable. Uh, Catherine Grayson is really adorable. I'm actually not familiar with her outside of this movie. Um, the only thing I know her outside of this really is from Kiss Me Kate, oh, which right. I fucking love I her in, in her so much. And like Kiss Me Kate was more like this. That was probably done. I don't know, like seven years after this. Uh-huh. And I know this was sort of one of her first real like breakout roles after being sort of in the MGM machine where she kind of got like put on contract and they dieted her. They had her do lessons, but they never really used her. Yeah. But they kept like making her diet, making her do lessons and acting lessons. So this is sort of one of her first like real roles and the, and, and it's a big starring role. And I, I feel like when I even see her, like even in this scene where she kind of looks like Snow White, even the way she's talking, it's kind of a little, I don't want to say stunted, but it just sounds so cultured. Like she's fresh out of MGM mm-hmm. school and hasn't really found her, her voice in that sense. Of course, as soon as she starts singing, you're like, Oh my God, <laughs> there it is. You know, but but like her just <clears throat> being able to sort of show emotion just in dialogue, it's like she's she's still very young. But when she's in Kiss Me Kate, I love her. In fact, I will be watching Kiss Me Kate probably in the next couple of days just to kind of like like a not necessarily a palate cleanser, but just to keep you know, it going. Like, I, keep I it need going. It. Yeah, to keep it going with a Catherine Grace and realness because she's she's and she's like platinum blonde oh, yeah, and like that's the right. bitter ex wife and that and she's fucking. Oh, she, yeah, points. that movie is, I can't wait to podcast that one. That one's going to be a good Oh, one. my God. Oh, yeah. well, you just say the word, my friend, because that is one of my favorites. Um, and we will be having another edition of Miller Time, but that's for another. Yeah. Anyway. But so basically what happens is she's getting ready for her date, and then her date shows up, and Clarence and um, 
I want to keep saying Gabe, but that's from the other movie. Uh, Clarence and Joe were like, uh, hey, hell no, right. this is not going to happen. So they perform If You Know Susie to scare him off because to basically say that she's friend of the Navy in air quotes, which <laughs> I was not. It's like friend of Dorothy. Wait, no, yeah, not the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she just hangs out with a lot of gaydies. No, um, I mean, they were basically selling the fact that she was like a kind of a floozy. And I was like, I don't yeah. know how I feel about this. I mean, did they say Susie and floozy together? No, I think they were trying everything they to did not, it, but, like they did not say floozy. But, but they were like, Susie, 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 she's such a goddamn floozy. <laughs> Susie, take it away. You it know, was like, a whole was... lot of like, you know, when you t- when you bring her home, there's another guy waiting for her. And then like yeah. all this stuff where I was just like, wow, he's basically saying that they pa- the Navy passes her around. And I was yeah. like, this is not cool. Like kind of slut shaming yeah. her but not to her face but to an other dude and i was like i don't know yeah. what your end game is here buddy like what are you doing um the end game i believe it's called cock blocking yes. <laughs> well they successfully do it because the guy's just like they well, do i never oh man he's like feeds to a family now and he just gets the fuck out it was it was a little bit of an upsetting scene and i didn't i didn't i was for me i was just like what are you doing guys like there's a better way to yeah. do it like there's got to be a better way to do it <laughs> yeah well but they don't know no better That's and true. so they had to follow the direction of the sea wolf <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right um my god <clears throat> and so she comes downstairs looking amazing I mean... conveniently like as this guy is leaving and she comes floating down the stairs and he's like ah, 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 i gotta get out of here and um, but she's in this amazing probably I, honestly it's like my favorite thing in the whole movie is this sunflower gown. I mean, that she's it's wearing. pretty gorgeous. All a so white gorgeous. organza, looking amazing. Yes, These big giant sunflower motifs. I mean, huge big giant sunflower motif like at the bottom of the hem, and then like the 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 stems kind of work their way up toward the top, yeah. and then um. She's got this uh, a beautiful like matching organza capelet with like a yoke that has two little sunflowers on the chest. And um, but then she's also like when she takes the capelet off, she still has the sunflowers like down the front of the dress. And it is so flattering. It's it's like she floats like it's so floaty and it's so like flattering to her figure because she's very curvy and it's got a lot of whimsy um, too but it's very demure it's It's so whimsical with the sunflower motifs it's like it's something that you could be kind of like childish in a way if it was done yes like in a different way but because it was done on organza and it was done very like kind of almost like tones were a little bit muted it was really really cool i loved it a lot yeah it was it and it was like considering like it there wasn't anything particularly sexy about the dress yeah. but it was still just beautiful it was kind of demure but not like dumb dumb yeah. it was really really gorgeous and perfect for yeah. her just so sweet and just kind of also harmonizes i think with the overall feel of the movie right. you know they're really just trying to show this in, in such an like this whole like life in a very innocent light and it just it works with sunny that. optimistic um, just like the gown yes yeah, yeah. um so yeah. yeah so she's super upset because 
um the guy could have given her a leg up at the in the industry yes so, yeah but then and they don't understand yeah. like well what the hell the guy the guy was this guy was a total douche <laughs> and she's like well you know what this guy's mom has got connections that i've been working on for like a fucking year and you don't know about that asshole so thanks a fucking lot now i'm gonna cry yeah. asshole <laughs> um but then joe makes up a lie about clarence knowing jose a turby because he was on the boat and that he could would be able to get her an audition, which she immediately falls for and changes her entire outlook for the evening. And she's like, great, let's go for Let's go party at a Mexican restaurant. She's like, Oh really? Then shake just got real. We last, we can share everything. Here's where I work. The Mexican restaurant on Olvera street. It's not real Olvera Street, y'all. But I actually highly recommend going to Olvera Street if you go to Los Angeles. Mm. It's really beautiful and historic. There you go. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, so then she ends up being, uh, she sings her regularly and uh, she performs this number called Jealousy, which is like a full band, like operatic yeah. number, which was actually really Ugh. cool. Side note, before we get too deep into that number, is that the guy who's the um, the cafe or the, the restaurant owner, do you recognize him mm-hmm. at all? He looks really familiar, and I could not figure out who he was. was the um, the courier in His Girl Friday, the one that was bringing the uh, the reprieve to our the guy on death row. Ah, oh, yeah, jeez, that's right. Dude. Oh my god, yeah, so yes. he's a character actor in this one too. Wow, yeah, I recognized him immediately. It was like I know that face, fantastic, you know, oh my god, and that that's weird so like <laughs> hand gestures that he was constantly doing. Oh. He's yeah, great. he was wonderful. Oh my god! Not a lot of screen time, but he was really good. He, well, yeah, he made an yeah, impact for sure. Um, <clears throat> so what's next? So uh, of course, Clarence falls more in love with uh with our friend Aunt Susie, and he um in order to deal with his feelings, he uh, sits at the table and sings um what makes the sunset while Susie and yes. Joe dance together because he can't dance to yeah. like fast music. Um, yeah. and he's overhoyed by the waitress who turns out is from Brooklyn, just like him. And they talk, um, oh yeah, gosh. so they get to talk in and it's adorable cause she is, she's such a cutie. I loved her. She is so cute. And, um, oh my gosh, she's so thin, but like very, very <laughs> cute. Thin. Her waist was so tiny. Like the, cause you see her in that half I top. Mean, but her like, outfit oh my God. is so fucking You're tiny. cute though. Oh my God. No, but she was like Vera Ellen tiny. No. It was really, but she was she so was cute. adorable. So she cute. had like this like like Spanish inspired like crop top and skirt with like the flowers. yeah, but like Betty yeah. Garrett face. Oh my God, it was so really cute. really cute. So adorable <laughs> with that like flounced lace yoke and was all like in burgundy. Mm-hmm. And it was adorable and oh so yeah, cute. and she she was like I don't know what what happened to that lady. Did you did you find anything on her because she was adorable in this her, movie. Actually, I think she was a bit of a character actress that didn't really go much further. Which was about well, me. she slayed I mean, in this yeah. movie for but real. But I also love like, that she oh. had that like kind of like mid Atlantic accent, and then but then yes. she would kind of like lay it on thick for like the you know Goyle and coffee, yes. <laughs> just like the one word out of the sentence was Brooklyn, and you're like, uh huh, you're from Brooklyn, <laughs> <laughs> just like Frank Sinatra's from Brooklyn, even though he doesn't have a Brooklyn accent. <laughs> it was it was it tried at least, right. Yeah. Yep. He's right. I know. It was, there were, let's face it, there's a lot of stereotypes <laughs> going on in this movie. Yes. They're not all real. Most of them are very played up. Yeah. Like Olvera Street. <laughs> that is 
it looked real so it looked so funny it looked really cute but it also looked very fake what's your it looked like the Mexican restaurant at Disneyland. It looks like every... And I'm okay with that, but, like, it's not I mean, the, uh, the the exterior shot outside of the um, the restaurant looked like every Mexican restaurant you go to in the suburbs. Like, it's all, like, faux yeah. stucco, faux, like, adobe. It was really... It was pretty... Laying it on pretty thick. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the guy... So the night ends, and she es- they escort her Aunt Susie home, which I thought is actually really, really creepy that they refer to her as Aunt Susie during the entire yes, movie. the entire which movie. Which I was like, yeah. oh, that is not yeah. sexy. Uh, no. <laughs> <For> a- <laughs> and you know what's really weird is, like, surely she must... I'm sure they're painting her as like a 21, maybe 22 year old, maybe 20 year old person to be called Aunt Susie. I have just turned 39 years old. And if someone called me Aunt Kathleen, I feel a little weird still too. Especially if it was someone. No, not if it was some guy who's like, like if I'm single and they're like, Hey, Aunt Kathleen. I'm like, (laughs) or worse. worse, Aunt Katie. Aunt Katie. You can. No. (laughs) No, that's no. Yeah, exactly. Like, way no, to really neuter no. the moment. <laughs> yeah. Please do not call me the same thing that the child that I take care of calls me. That will not help <laughs> not at all. Your... That includes mommy, <laughs> oh, daddy, <laughs> whatever. No. <laughs> God. That's so gross. It always, <laughs> anyway. it always makes my skin crawl when I hear adult men refer to their wife as mommy. Like, to, even if it's uh, to their children, yeah. I'm like, ew. Ew. Yeah. It's so upsetting. No. No, no, yeah. no. Anyway, we could be on that subject all night. Least of all, auntie. Yes, auntie. No. I mean, the only person who should be called auntie is Auntie Mame, and we'll get. Or even worse and creepier, uncle. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> oh, good lord. Um, yeah. So uh. when they get back to her house, she um she gives them each a kiss on the cheek and this is when yeah. our good friend Joe starts falling in love with Aunt Susie too. Um Scandalo. Yes. And so she goes upstairs and checks on Donald and then she performs this song called All of a Sudden My Heart Sings, which is a wonderful, like kind of like serenading number that she does out of the window yes. on her own. She's thinking about things. It's a perfect excuse for her to the classic MGM sit in the window where she can like sort of put her head in that like 45 degree angle and they flash those lights over the eyes. It's just like, and scene. Like a nice slow (laughs) tracking. Oh, Oh, it's glorious. And she serves it well for that. Thank you. George Sidney knew what he was doing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, looking good. <laughs> in that gorgeous sunflower uh-huh. dress. Like I feel like just make the scene as long as possible in that <laughs> gown. It like it fits her beautifully. Seriously, that whole silhouette, I'm just like, oh, that should be like a wedding dress silhouette. Well, Seriously. Like similar. it would be so, it so pretty. Me, actually, the way that she, cause she dances in it a little bit and it reminds me of Yeah. Um and she has another one at the end that's a similar silhouette too. And she dances yes, in that one. Go- oh, I know. And they both have the same silhouette as that first gown, that one beautiful gown in Neptune's Daughter, too. That's sort of like kind of yes. like fluted. And it's, like fit yeah. and flare. Oh, yeah. It's like floor length and it's just, it's it, sweeping. It's very gorgeous. It's They're tremendously mm-hmm. flattering and you can move around to them and like sing yeah. and dance. They they're are just, wonderful. they're a winner. They're just like a sure thing of like, you know what? I haven't worn a dress in a long time and I need to look fabulous. Whatever shall yep. I do? 
Look at these. Look at this. <laughs> Look at her. It's just gorgeous. <laughs> Look at her. You know, or like, you know what? I'd love to have a long gown, but still be able to wear a regular bra instead of a bustier. Whatever shall I do? Look at this dress. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's really, really cute. Because that's a really, I'm sorry, that's a really hard thing, Philip. Like, to find a really nice, like, a dress for something formal without having to, like, go crazy with the underwear. And it's like, I look at this 40s stuff, and it's like, you can actually wear this with like normal shit and like it still is like so flattering the body and you can like spin around and be happy and beautiful as a oh, woman no. it's just really I beautiful. would wear it too and I'm not a woman well you know I'd go for <laughs> it because and then you can feel how good it is because it just sweeps across the floor <laughs> it's lovely um, anyhow. anyway uh, so we? yeah, the next day, Clarence <laughs> and Joe had, or Clarence heads to the MGM lot to try and um, get a meeting with the Turby because because um, he promised it an audition, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, a, like a chump. Yep. And uh, Turby's actually on a recording on a soundstage, and he's conducting an entire orchestra for this whole long montage, like this whole long beautiful orchestra thing. Which I actually had to Google. I googled all the name. Like I had like the song list, and this song was named called "The Donkey Serenade." <laughs> Wow, that's that's not glamorous. You know what? That's a title. Let's just call it that. At the very least, it's a title. Yeah. Uh, but it was a really cool. Like it had basically everybody had a it solo. Really cool. It was really cool. So it was ba- they were showing him off. So like they did again yeah. with Neptune's daughter. They shoehorned that band leader in because people would probably want to go see that band leader. And since he's not going to go to every single city, you can put him in a movie and get butts in the seats. So it makes yeah. sense that he's in there. But I just didn't know who so who so Jose Turby was a you know was a draw. So good for him. Yeah, Go for well, it's interesting. It's like we always think of like the Justin Bieber of their time. And I know yeah. like Frank Sinatra was sort of the, one of the first of that sort of entity. Mm-hmm. And so before that, it, just think about how mature, like even as a teenager, the maturity of the music you would have listened to. You'd yeah. be like, oh, yeah, Jose Derby. So fucking cool. Yeah. You know, like it's and then uh, Frank Sinatra came around. And people were like, oh, my God, I want to yeah. drop my panties. Like, <laughs> What is this tingly a, feeling in my pants? Yeah, it was before like, like the teen explosion. So like before yeah. that, and then also too, you were like, I would think that they were doing a lot of they. Uh, these movies didn't really play to the audience that they play to now because now it's like the eighteen right. twenty four crowd or the, even the fourteen to twenty four crowd is like who they make movies for now. But back yeah. then, they would have made movies for older people too. So if somebody yeah if they for grown like, for like thirties and thir- to forties, they would have like put in these people like Jose Aturi. Yep. Or like carryovers from vaudeville or those sort of things. So it's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah so that was a really cool scene. And then, um, but meanwhile, uh, Joe is um, hang is going to little uh, uh, little Donald's school to the Hollywood Day the School. Hollywood Day School. To um, I think he was trying to see Aunt Susie, and that's when he does that whole dance sequence with Tom and Jerry. With Tom and Jerry. Yeah. And that was pretty cool. Yeah. Like he goes and shows up, and like the kids already like trying to tell like tall sailor tales to yeah. the whole class, and so it's like, man, as a little kid, like what would be the most ultimate thing to happen if that in that moment is like the person you're talking about if they just happen to show up and like be there right when you were doing that? Legitimize, uh, legitimize your story. So validating, right? And so he like jumps into his arms, and then yeah, Joe does this really cool thing where he's like, "All right, well, I'll tell you this story," and he, everybody has to close their eyes, and that's when they do the whole like fantasy thing with Tom and Jerry, and it's pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. It, it is pretty awesome, and also. Um, 
I just I'm I'm marveling at the feet of the fact that he's wearing white non-stretch pants that look that I know. good. Yeah, his behind, <laughs> his, be- his behind, his Philip. Behind. It is exquisite looking in these pants. Yeah. I, I well, just in any pants, but in these, I just I can't take my eyes off <laughs> of how good these pants fit him. Exactly. I mean, they were just, pretty amazing. Um, because I, I know stretch, I know stretch denim and stretch pant like stuff for pants did not come out until West Side Stories like ten years later no. when they were doing stuff for like the Sharks and the Jets. So like, theory being that's like that is non stretch twill that that's they made fit stretch. that good on that behind when he was moving. I'm just saying. Oh wait, did we get a oh, good time? Wait, there we are. Okay. I was trying to figure out. I lost my place for a second. Okay. <laughs> cool. All right, moving right along. <laughs> I was like, Sorry, I? I just think we need to page. take a moment to, to look at that. Look at his pants, his tight, tight and pants. Um, right. So after he um, tells that story to um, little Donald, he heads over to MGM because Clarence can't get in because he's a pushover, you know. And then so eventually he weasels yeah. his way in because he's a sea wolf, and that's what gets they do. gets him like a day pass, day pass yeah. or whatever. And then they end up walking around on the um the lot and trying to figure out where a turby is, and they get separated because the cop thinks he snu- thinks that they snuck on. There's a whole chase scene. Yeah. And then of course Joe is asking around um for which is the turby's office, and then these wonderful showgirl ladies who are like, oh my god, that's like, the it's best. right over there. And then as he walks <laughs> by, they wolf whistle at him, and I was like. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I agree with you, ladies. <laughs> That's the power of the sea wolf. <laughs> but they were all gorgeous, too. They were all like, they were super 40s, gorgeous. Like, bathing suits and like evening wear and their victory girls. It was amazing. Yep. All au natural, but like amazing and glamour. Mm-hmm. So, so good. Yeah. And then um, what happens after that? Oh, yeah. And then so he's in the Turby's office, and that's when Aunt Susie shows up. And he's yes. like to see because she wants to follow up on the audition and all that stuff. And so, of course, Joe freaks out. and He's like, Wah! you know, and which she's looking amazing I mean, in a classic, classic 1940s suit. But it's this beautiful Kelly Green with like a like a black blouse with white polka dots underneath. And she's got the little like collar points like coming out like like on top yeah and, it's like a collarless um, suit but then the collar part yeah. is so beautiful and it's like little like matching like black like pocket detail on the jacket mm. and just that like classic 1940s hair a little bit past the shoulders and like her makeup everything is just it's like clean fresh 1940s like nothing like no crazy eyeshadow just like that red defining lip and um, you know a strong brow, but not too overpainted, and um, and just like a fresh, clean face, and she looks gorgeous. And gorgeous, just really, really sweet and Super gorgeous. gorgeous. Um, and then so he hustles her out of the um, out of the office, and then they end up sharing a, a soda at the um, at the commissary. And it's funny, I was reading around too that this is actually one of the movies that they filmed on location on the set. So a lot of the exterior shots around the set are actually MGM. So it's kind of, they said, I, it's, I was wondering about yeah, that. They said yeah. It's a wonderful film to kind of see as a time capsule of what MGM actually looked like. Yeah. Because not a lot of movies would have featured these parts of the, the studio. So like the commissary was actually the commissary and like, you know, the exterior, the gates and stuff was actually like real. And stuff. I love so it. It was kind of, it was really cool. So cute. And the sound stages and everything was really fun. Um, and then that's when they cut back to uh, Clarence, who fell asleep in a soundstage. And then a Turby walks in and starts playing the piano and tuning the piano. 
and um, they have this whole interaction, but uh, Joe or Clarence doesn't realize that he's actually Hosea Turby, so he totally misses the yeah. opportunity. <laughs> um, it was so it was actually really it was pretty cool. That man can play the piano. Oh, oh amazing, amazing. Yeah, but I just love that he's like did not assume. <laughs> well, this is another cultural appropriation. They're like, hey. Uh, this is bad guys doing the piano. Surely he can't be fame. I don't know. Just like, it was a little like, really, really, pal. Yeah. <laughs> really, we're gonna go there, but that's fine. I did like that. Yeah. He was like, he's like, you need a. He's like, you shouldn't be too. He's like, you should like quit tuning pianos. He's, you know, you have a better opportunity to be a pl- piano player. <laughs> Which I was like, <laughs> Jose's like, fuck you, motherfucker. Just... I'm fucking Jose Turby. Flips the piano and gets the fuck out. <laughs> no, he did. That actually didn't happen at all. He's like, I'll think about that. He's like, I'll think yeah. about going into music. <laughs> oh my God. Meanwhile, I'll pack all my rage inside, <laughs> deep, deep inside. Oh my God. Um, and then of course, so they can't find um a tur- they can't find a turby even though he just saw him. Um, so they end up hanging out at the um back at the Mexican restaurant where he meets up where they meet up with um, yeah because Clarence meets up with his lady from Brooklyn again. And then yes. so he's like, he confesses how he can't talk to girls. And he's like, he's a bit of a, you know, he's like, I don't know what to do with the ladies. So she's like, you know, does a little role playing with him, which is helpful. And yep. then, and once again, she looks super cute and yet a whole nother different waitress. Different. Like, yeah. They gave her a wardrobe of outfits for her waitress position at this restaurant. And she looks so adorable. She's wearing like this little white peasant, like, you know, again, little like white peasant crop top, but then she's got this like weird like red pinafore thing mm-hmm, over it, yeah. with like a yellow skirt with flowers on it, and then she's got her hair in these like loopy braid pigtails and and this huge gold jewelry. It's it's very, it's very interesting. It's a cool it's looking. A, yeah. it's a cool outfit though. I'm like I'm into it. It's a it. really cool outfit. I do yeah. love the idea. It definitely has a feel like a flair, yeah. like that. <laughs> I love the idea of a restaurant like providing an entire like week's wardrobe for their wait staff, where they're just like, "This is what you oh wear on Monday. This is what you wear on Tuesday." It's so funny <laughs> just looking at her, but like she looks like she's right off of like a Mexican restaurant like menu. She's like, yeah, from that time. She's the Cholula she's like, lady. She's she is like the Cholula. She's the white so Cholula cute. lady with blonde hair. Yeah, she's like <laughs> little poodle bangs. Yeah, she's like. <laughs> She's like, here's your hot sauce, senor. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But she's so cute, though. She's adorable, but oh. she's not Hispanic. <laughs> no. No. Es no. Es no Hispanic. Es no. She does not need more lemon pledge. <laughs> no, she does we're gonna get letters about that all right <laughs> from, well from all from all out. six of the people that are listening <laughs> i know um, come on it's a family guy reference they've already copied like songs from this this whole thing with like inspired family guy like three times so over good. like the main songs i was just like oh wait no family guy they totally did a song and dance this yeah um it's all good but then that's when um um and Susie shows up too so um yes so um girl they literally cast her this they 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 credited this poor girl as a girl from Brooklyn so the way I know and I feel like she was so much more than that she was really really good like I feel like people who have done less get more credits than this gal poor thing but then so yeah. the waitress like hauls ass and then he so they're hanging out and like trying to make eyes and stuff. And um, oh, that's right. Because uh, whatchamacallit, because uh, Frank Sinatra sang to the waitress um, the, yes. the Charm of You, which was a, which was really a good song. 
Yeah. And then just just to, just to inflate her heart yes. extra extra big before he's got to pop it at the All end. Right. <laughs> um and then so when they're talking that's when our friend our friend the waitress is just like you know what i'm gonna take the bull by the horns and i'm gonna pour some soup in this motherfucker's lap <laughs> all up in your junk yep. all up hot soup in your junk yes. hot soup in your well, junk exactly and it was great it was wonderful i was like I was, i'm like take it you know Oh, I loved it. It was I loved how she just like closed her eyes, raised yeah. it above her head, and just dumped <laughs> it so down. Good. It was awesome. She's like, yeah, that's my man. <laughs> Here we go, guys. Yeah, so that's basically <laughs> yeah. it was her it was her trying to get him to um spend time with her in the kitchen. So he's she's yeah. like, You can dry off by the the oven. You'll be done in five done in like five minutes. Um meanwhile, the whole time uh uh Joe is like oh, lurking. Kelly. He's like yeah. lurking around outside, like in the yeah. you know in El Barrio, and like not a stalker, yeah. not a stalker just at all. Kind of you know, just uh, standing on a chair, looking in the window, looking at him eat. That's all. Not a stalker. Like, no, like a creep. <laughs> yeah. And then he does that adorable like dance number outside, like after so. Was that after he left that they did the dance number? Um, wait, uh, Clarence leaves at no, some point. No. Yes, but he hasn't left. Uh, he hasn't quite left yet. Like he's he was watching them, and then. Um, but Clarence runs into him on his way out. Cause that's right. Yeah. Yeah, Cause yeah he runs. Susie and then, left, and then they were like, "Oh, so he's gonna di- like run like leave and stuff." And then yes, when uh, Joe's on his own, that's when he does the dance number with the adorable yeah. little Latino girl. Well, we'll see. I don't know. I she kind of looked like Wednesday Adams with a lot of pancake makeup on. Well, I'm just saying, but she danced lovely and beautifully. When, I mean, and, uh, there's some heavy air quotes around Mexican girl because I think that she actually has a. When you look at the credits, she has a Scottish name. So yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that they did what MGM usually does. Yeah, they is, just a, a, a lot of tan pancake mm-hmm, makeup for yeah. on people with dark hair. Yeah. Even then, it's a stretch. But she danced really well, and she looked oh, she was so cute. Her little she looked like she was having the time of her life. Like I would be like, if she's out there, I wonder if she has like. I would love to hear her story of what it was like to have done this with Gene Kelly. Oh my god, was it magical? Please say yes. (laughs) Tell us everything. Please say yes. Tell Tell us us everything. everything. (laughs) So good. Exactly. (laughs) Um. So then the next day is when they get the hatch that plan about meeting up with um or trying to intercept eternity yes. at the Hollywood Bowl. Yep. Yep. Um, and they uh shimmy on down a mountainside in order to make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> shimmy, shimmy on down the canyon, like on roots that are just sticking out of the the canyon face. I know. And they uh cool. and they kind of slide their way down and then run down there. And that's when we see this gorgeous shot of him doing this this whole thing with like all the different piano players and they were all these kids like uh, yeah kids, boys and girls of all different ages i would say like kids up to teenagers mm-hmm. it must have been like 25 pianos something like that and it was yeah. really fucking cool like i was saying like i would totally watch that that would like if i could see that at the hollywood bowl like in that setting that would have been a trip it was really cool it, was it would really, have been really really, really cool. beautiful it was like a six yeah. minute sequence a piano sequence and yeah it was really cool yeah. at one point they even, sh- they even like shot from below where they did like clear keys and showed his like handwork and stuff. It was so it was cool. Really impressive. I was like, yeah. holy shit, that dude can really bang on a piano. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty cool. And then after that, like the boys end up coming down there and um, they just miss him. Of course. And, uh, and then that's when, um, you know, they're sitting there and uh, 
Frank Sinatra, well, uh, Joe ends up ditching him and, and then Frank Sinatra, well, sorry, Clarence, he ends up staying and that's when he does, he plays his song at the piano, which in my opinion, at that moment, I was like, ah, I get why he's a movie star. Yes. Because there were just a couple of shots where he was just playing and he'd look up and I was like, okay, all right, I get it. I <laughs> get it. There's the juice. And there it is. <laughs> there's the goods. Yeah. yeah, it was like no contest. Yes. I was like, okay, yeah. yeah. So he performs Amazing. that song, I Fall in Love Too Easily, which is the one mm-hmm. that was nominated for an Academy Award. Wowie. I mean, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cute because right at the end, that's when he realizes that he's not in love with Aunt Susie. He's in love yes. with Brooklyn. So Oh, it's so, so cute. cute. And then he comes back. He comes back to her and he, and he plants that huge kiss on her face. I just, I thought that was, so, that's why I'm like, why is this girl just girl for Brooklyn? Look at that. <laughs> Look at that interaction. She's so fucking cute. What happened to this lady? So cute. They're adorable together. They look so fucking cute. Like, really, really cute. I feel like in some way maybe they were trying to recreate that with Betty Garrett in On the Town. I think so, and yeah. they tried, but it just it was, it just was so, like, organically happening and that those scenes with them together yeah. was so fucking adorable. I mean, but Betty Garrett carried their scenes. But Betty town, Garrett though. just Ooh. picked it up and kicked it around she, like she should. She owned yeah. that movie, or at least she their owned scenes it. by any means. Um, yeah, so like yeah. you were saying, she they run together. He proposes marriage, and then oh. um, of course it's so cute. Her car- a guilty conscience. She's like um, admits that she poured the soup on him on purpose and all of that stuff. Yeah, and then he oh, admits so that he cute. and then she's he's like, oh well, and then she's like, are you gonna tell that other girl that you're not in love with her or something? And she says something to the effect where she's like, I can. She's like something about like because I'm not down with bigamy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 she's great at the end she's like good bitch because i only pick one one at a time i don't share so good okay so funny (laughs) um yeah so meanwhile that's when joe because they are basically so at the back of the hollywood bowl they're just like we need to come clean that we're not gonna be able to do this for so we got to tell Susie. so joe while he's proposing marriage to girl from brooklyn joe is off confessing that there's no um there's no audition for her with a turby so he meets her on set and she's adorable again in like this a this beautiful like mohair sweater and the skirt combo oh so so cute cute. like quintessential 1940s sweater girl Mm -hmm. like sweater girl yeah so cute but then this blue angora with a matching blue scarf and then this segues into that whole the sequence that i love the most which is where he's like talking about how oh he was like, I can't God. confess my love to you because you're like a fantastic lady and I'm just like a bobo dude. And he's like, um, then they do this whole thing where he's like, oh, what if we lived on the set of the movie, which was like a Spanish set? And he's like this Zorro character and she's like this sassy senorita in her like oh, white fl- uh, flamenco lace number, which Jesus I, when she came, when they, she came out. I was like, she was Spanish Princess uh, Barbie, like Spanish Princess Barbie straight up. Do you remember in the 80s? There was like, I don't know if this was a thing for everybody, but there were like these Spanish flamenco senorita like uh, dolls that everybody owned. 
They were like 15 well, inches tall and they had like big flouncy uh-huh. lace. Like it's all plastic lace. It was all acrylic lace. But they had like giant combs in their hair. This is totally what it reminds no. me of. It was a thing in the 80s. Maybe it was probably just my family because I think both of my sisters each had one in a different color. But it was something that was probably bought in Tijuana. But it's, uh, it reminds <laughs> me of this because it's like this giant like... <laughs> <laughs> totally tears of lace and it's got like a big long train and this huge comb in the back of the head i mean she was serving it up she was serving wow. up some like some like fajita realness in this it was looking <laughs> she looked amazing i mean she looks so good and like i just even when i was looking at it i noticed too like she even has rhinestones like up in her ears <sighs> like in her ears i mean amazing. like they're not even the earrings like i don't even so know what those cool. are I'm like fascinated with the whole outfit that's but going on. It was with so her. funny it's because it's so funny because that number is like it was basically she was on a balcony just like watching him do all this dancing in her his like yeah. little Zorro outfit and I was just like, can we see her move around a little bit, please? I know. I can like, we just? I know. You can couldn't we, I, choreograph her right? to do anything, Mister Gene Kelly. Or just a little bit of a wider shot where we just stand her, see her standing there, yeah. like the barber she is, while you dance around but her. But I was like, you couldn't That's do a couple too. of lifts with her. You couldn't spin uh, her around a couple of times. Come on, yeah. Like you could do something with her. She's been just mo- bring her outside of the balcony so we can uh, see the whole goddamn so dress good. for fuck's sake. It was multi tiers of white lace with sequins on it. Oh. It is so. It is breathtakingly this is so beautiful. beautiful. I mean, this this was the look of the and the the, the like, headdress yeah. and then the drape of the headdress. I, I know yeah, it, it was is just inspiring. It is so inspiring in her face. Oh, I mean, she was she's just gorgeous. Yeah, it was. Pretty she looks gorgeous. like a like a like a Spanish Disney princess. Like I don't know. That's the best way. <laughs> that's the best way to describe it. Like if they had done like a Spanish fairy tale from like in the fifties or forties, because oh, yeah. it's kind of like from that Sleeping Beauty or like that kind of time you I know when they curious. were like disney would have i should have googled when um three caballeros came out the, the this disney is a, movie well, this is around that time because Th- they did there was like a whole like mexican res- like kind of like mexican resurgence during that. this was around that time this huh. was around in the 1940s like the or especially like the, well, it was late more 40s. like late 40s yeah that's when like mary blair and like a lot of the like like walt disney this whole like pilgrimage to south america oh, and they nice. like yeah. they did all this like you know, he, he brought all of his animators and people and they, you know, they drew animals and they learned the music and the and they drew pictures of the people. It was this whole thing. And it's just sort of whole. I think I feel it's like all part of sort of that like Latin fever of the 40s. Mm-hmm. And this also like branching out of America into like embracing more cultures, which, again, I'll just underline why the 1940s was like the mid 40s is just amazing. Like <laughs> it was it was just this kind of weird oasis of you know things branching out because of the war and because of all these other things and and people just looking for more in their life and it's just fucking cool yeah you know um yeah but i think that that's definitely hasn't i mean look i think that's why jose aturbe is there in the first place yeah even though he wasn't really like a henry belafonte or like particularly like a latin band leader you know um like uh um i'm sorry like a. Desi Arnaz. Uh, Desi Arnaz. Oh gosh, I was gonna say Lucio Ball, Lucio Ball's husband, but <laughs> he wasn't necessarily like that. But but because he clearly wanted to sort of maybe like do more of like a classical bent, yeah. Um, and he was more of a conductor in that way. But it's just still like that whole era of like those sort of like Latin, um, like band leaders and musicians and artists. Like I want to know more about because yeah. it just seems like it was such a great like like sort of. Uh, 
a branching that was happening into like Hollywood and everything. And then it kind of went away, Yeah, you know, and, and, uh, I, I don't, kind of miss it i know I think it's it was a bit of a bummer of, it was really fun yeah. it was really fun um so. yeah i miss it too um it's funny just to think of like the trends that happen with the global like the globalized trends where it's like in the 20s yeah. it was all about in the 20s it was all about like egypt and then in the 30s and for you know in the 30s there was like that um there was like kind of like a japanese like eastern influence or was that that was more yeah. earlier even that was actually well, that was even teens. earlier and then yeah. in, like then it was like there would have been like south america and cuba and all these beautiful places so it's just it's yeah. now it's just i just feel like it's been like just japan for a long time but it also like everything i think so the middle east i think bit, the middle yeah. east has had a lot of influence too yeah. just, i think everything has just it's, everything on everything i do miss like, that like i feel almost, like in the 90s it was a whole yeah. thing about like british and scottish and irish yeah. and like anything and that was just like the shit you know I, yeah so. but i just miss the days when it could be almost costumey where you could really kind of like yes. find the inspiration yes. so much that it literally looks like a costume and i love that yeah. that's what i love about these movies is that you can do like an influence of somewhere and actually do it so so heightened that it becomes almost costumey which is like shameless yeah. shameless costume so yeah anyhow long, no i i can go off about I this know. for a long time um so bad <laughs> but this is a lovely scene yeah. and it like ends with them kissing yeah and uh, the rose on the floor um and uh yeah and, and uh and then we're back with uh gaby and, um, and i'm sorry oh gosh i did it again sorry we're, we're back with joe and clarence there you go. <laughs> we need to stop doing movies with the same actors so close together right, well back to back doesn't help either <laughs> so joe and clarence yes <laughs> and uh we're back with them and um and he's just he you know this is where we really see like gene kelly he has like a couple of double whiskeys yeah. and he's trying to tell him like oh you know i, I i'm sorry but i i love aunt Susie," and he's like hey that's okay because i love brooklyn he's like oh that's great <laughs> But they never remember to talk anything about the audition situation yes. that they promised this girl at all. Right. Yeah. They're basically she's the whole thing is like at the end, they're just like, but did you tell her about the audition not happening? And he's yeah. Like, no, it didn't happen. And they even like go so far as like try to camp out like at Hosio Turby uh, at Turby's place. Yeah. That doesn't work. Nope. And so at that point, they're like, well, fuck, we got to go back to the ship. So we're going to have to say our goodbyes. We fucked up. We failed. Yep. <laughs> and they they go and say goodbye to the little boy, which I thought was really cool. That was cute. You know, and Susie's already at work. Um, and but it was interesting because then and this is actually a part I really love is that so Aunt Susie's sitting in the commissary early in the morning having coffee and who does she end up sitting next to was Hosea Turby mm-hmm. and so she's kind of like giving me these weird look and eyes and he's like uh so lady because she she thinks he knows and he doesn't know what the fuck is going on and it, you know but in a, in a fun sort of series like they end up talking and and working it out and she's like oh don't you know about my audition he's like lady i don't know what the hell you're talking about she's like oh i get it it was a fucking joke i get it like yeah. it's all good i'm so sorry to bother you and he can tell like and i just love it because she's like she's so sweet and polite and i think he just i don't know it's one of those random things that happen in hollywood magic he it wasn't even he feels bad for her but he's also kind of like well, that's kind of messed up. Well, yeah. fuck it. I'll just give you an audition anyway. If that, if somebody promised you that, like, that's really messed up. We'll, we'll make it happen. And he, like, because she's a regular worker there. Like, he, he obviously, like, that's the thing. It's like, 
I, I realize this now. It's like watching this. It's like, well, they're at the commissary together. He clearly knows she's like an employee of yeah, she's legit. you know MGM. Yeah. Like she's legit. She just needs a fucking leg up. And so next thing you know, and it's lovely. She's like, she's doing the screen. This is screen test of Susan Abbott. And she's standing there as in a vision of pink satin with like the square neck, long pink satin gown, which is so cute. And it's adorable. It's all got like kind of like a split skirt overlay. Yes. It's like panels, like panels of satin with like bursts of um, chiffon in between the panels. It's just which, oh, by the way, embroidery. I gotta say, I don't know if this is actually how screen tests looked like back then because she's in full costume, full makeup, full wear, with a oh. full with a full but orchestra. You know what? We don't give a fuck because she looks gorgeous. <laughs> she looks amazing. Yes, she just like, and it's like the whole idea that she's like looking at Hosea Turby while he's doing his band, and that was the thing they said from the beginning is that. You know, she's like, I just love how he can like coax this out of the actors and the singers. Yep. And so she just sings her motherfucking heart out and she <laughs> kills it. You even see like they, they pan to like these dudes sitting in the rafters and everybody's like pointing at her and just like. And, and I know like, well, from my limited experience, very young when I was a costumer and I would do, you know, like. I actually did a few times get to costume backstage for operas and things. And there definitely were moments where everybody would just stop and listen because I have to say when you can hear somebody with a voice like that, it kind of makes you stop what you're doing. You just have to listen because it is otherworldly to hear a voice so loud and so beautiful. Um, It just, everybody just kind of stops what they're doing and hears it. And I think that's what they, that was so cool in that moment when they do that. And, um, you know, and you get the idea from that, obviously. Well, we can well, all speculate. Yeah. A contract was offered probably. at MGM and probably yeah. for seven years of slavery. Oh, no, <laughs> never mind. Sorry. But <laughs> uh, it might have been. Anyway. So but the next thing we know, um, Hosea Turby is out at the ship. And, um, yeah. you know, the boys are at the ship, actually. Yeah. And um, and they're all, you know, kind of bummed that they didn't get to see their ladies. And then Jose Turby, sorry, comes down there and he's like, hey, boys, I have to escort you up. Like, I have something to show you. And then on the way there, um, Clarence sees Brooklyn and he's very happy and she looks adorable. She does. Um, wearing something very similar to Vera Ellen in On the Town oh, yeah. when she does the Main Street act. But we won't go there. Yeah, like, but it's really slightly. cute, though. It's like red and with very the vertical cute. pin stripes, uh, vertical like candy stripes and stuff. It's really cute. It's so cute, so happy, yeah. just just a happy thing to wear. And then, uh, and then you know, uh, next thing, and we see, um, uh, sorry, Susie's little nephew, and he's sitting with the captain out watching the the band and uh, at the stage. And then we see, um, we see Aunt Susie, and she's wearing a gorgeous yellow dress. Mm-hmm. She looks Classic nineteen so forties, knee length, long sleeve, like long tight slitted, fle- yeah. fitted sleeves, shoulder pads, keyhole neck, Do- dolman um, sleeve. It's all kind of kimono. Dolman it's, sleeve. This is one and of my f- just gracing yeah. her curvy body yeah. like nothing else. And that girl could wear yellow. Yes. She looks gorgeous. It's like, a, again, sunflower yellow. Yep. Just gorgeous, gorgeous. This is one With of matching my, yellow pumps. This is one of my favorite, <laughs> um, favorite like bodice treatments is when you do kind of like a Me strong too. shoulder with like a dolman sleeve, like all built into one piece. It's so yes. like, and it's all basically all draped together. It's such a beautiful silhouette. Like it's such, it is such a beautiful silhouette. It's, 
It's just so pretty. And, and, it, and it looks good on a variety of body types. It's it's a it's sort of a trick that was done by mm-hmm. a lot of costumers at that time. It could make a straight body look curvy. It could make a curvy body look slim. I mean, it could do all these different things. And uh, if you had weak shoulders, it could, you know, fill you out. If you, you know, like it could do, it was... The 1940s was just I mean, mathematically perfect when it came to oh, and fit had, and like yeah. making things look for different body types. And her skirt had but a little yeah. flounce at the front. Too. It was so beautiful. The whole thing was such a beautiful like kind of like, suit dress. Gorgeous. It was, it was so pretty. But I love those super duper tight sleeves, kind of like Veronica Lakes in this gun for hire yeah. where they kind of go over the hand and and just um, so flattering. They also kind of draw attention to their beautiful hands, yeah. which are always just long manicured fingernails. And I feel like a lot of times when we talk about, we can talk about like, you know, uh, costumes and hair and even makeup, but we like a lot, we kind of forget about hair and like nails, like nails are like the, like the manicures that at this time, like even when we were watching, um, again, this gun for hire, I noticed in the close up shot, like girls having half moon manicures, Mm. like these little things you don't see anymore. Google half moon manicures, y'all. It's a beautiful (laughs) thing. You don't normally see at a nail shop. And I don't know why we don't more. It just, they look so good. You should bring them back uh, in style. Anyway, we should. I, I, I've, I've been trying. Like, I, I've never been able to sort of do them on my own. But it is, it, it is so fucking cute. And I don't know why we don't do them more often because they grow out better and they make your nails look longer. Mm. Anyway, um, yeah. So then, anyway, that's the end. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the two sailors end up in the two girls' arms, and uh, it's really, really cute. And I can definitely see where this was a huge morale booster type movie at that time and yeah. would have been really great. Yeah, it was. And little... sort of similar to On the Town, where, I mean, not as much as On the Town, but where like Los Angeles, Hollywood was, was kind of part one of the characters. It was sort of, it wasn't, this was a bit more location where I think in, in like On the Town, New York was almost like, it, it was, you know, it was like, yeah, one of the characters in yeah. a way, like it was, you know, it was utilized a bit more. But I do love those those shots of like the Hollywood Bowl and the place in the forties yeah. and like just just L A in the nineteen forties is gorgeous. It was really gorgeous. gorgeous. They show, I mean, Technicolor helps, but it was really yeah, yeah it helps cool. a lot. But but still, just to be like, oh, if I could just step, you just want to step in. Yeah. You want to step in there. It looks so beautiful, and that sunlight. And that sunshine, it's just like anyone who's lived there, you're just like, oh, I know what that feels like. It must be so beautiful then. <laughs> yeah. That's the movie. It was yeah. a good one. I like this one. This one was fun. It was a little bit of a longer one. It was like two and two, it was two long. minutes, two hour and twenty minutes. It was a long movie. Dude, yeah, it was almost two and a half hours. Yeah. It was uh it was pretty long. Um I really enjoyed um watching it though. I think it's really important just as far as like film goes and uh for our sexy sailor summer series. Like yeah. I don't think we could have done it without it, that's for sure. Nope. Nope. This one's And now I totally want to go watch Kiss Me Kate with Catherine Grayson just singing it up. We'll get to that one eventually. (laughs) It's going to be a good day. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, this was so fun. It was fun. Um, Yeah. So let's wrap. We can wrap it up. Say goodbyes. Yeah. It's the end of the show. This is the part where we get to shill all of our social media. 
Shameless plug. La, 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 la. Shameless plug. Um, uh, you can hit us up on Instagram, at Old Hollywood Realness. Um, Twitter, at OHR Podcast. Facebook is Old Hollywood Realness. Um, hit, check out our website. We're going to be posting all the montages, so you'll see all the photos and um, the recap of the entire movie that we put that Kathleen puts together because she's a rock star. <laughs> Well, you put all the notes together, yeah. and that keeps us together <laughs> yeah. a lot. Yeah. So, uh, Teamwork. Yeah, so check us out, oldhollywoodrealness.com, and you can email us, too, if you have any um, questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, and prayers, um, oldhollywoodrealness <laughs> at gmail.com. Um, and uh, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe over on the old iTunes. It'd be great to see some more ratings because we got our very first negative review, which I think is hilarious. Any publicity is better than no publicity. That's right. I felt bad for all of five seconds. And then what I did to make myself feel better is I went to all of my favorite podcasts and look at their one-star reviews. And I was like, there it is. Everyone hates everything. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Yeah. Like, what are you going to say when somebody gives a one star because they hate laughing? I don't. I, I, mean, I just, I, I mean, what is that? I can't. What is that? You hate fun? Okay, you don't like cool. fun? Well, then this is not for you. I mean, my theory, my theory and my personal motto has always been no matter what you do, creatively someone will always be there to shit on it so oh, you may as yeah. well just do it so here we we're just, just gonna that keep on going now. yeah but <laughs> it would be great to see some positive reviews though so keep them oh, coming yeah well that'd be super yeah. nice i mean i i hear uh, we, you know people are listening yeah like, people are cool. listening it's exciting you know yeah if you if you like to hear about old movies with kind of a morning zoo vibe then maybe this podcast is for you <laughs> yeah tell your friends um tell your friends yeah. to share us that'd be great we'd love to get the word out um but otherwise um yeah rate review subscribe like i was saying and um what else uh yeah just tune in for next time That'd be f- great. Yeah. Can't wait to do it again. We're going to continue Thanks on so with for our, listening. yeah, continue on with our sexy sailor summer series. Uh, That's right. Yep. One star reviews, but damned. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, always um, huge. Thanks to Hal Lubbin for giving us his, uh, his vocal talents for the opening. Yes. Thank you. And then, um, in the words of the U.S. Navy, thanks for listening to OHR Podcast Boats. OHR Podcast Boats. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>